Today I want to talk to you a little bit, uh, just for a few moments, about why I am here. My name is Paul Slater. I'm one of the pastors here. Again, I've been on staff several times, and uh, once again I find myself in this role. And the truth is, retirement means nothing when it comes to the kingdom of God. And so, just to be able to say, Lord, wherever, whenever... Here I am, and that's what we want to accomplish today in um, realizing God has a place for us to serve him. And sometimes the difficulties and challenges that, that come with it bring distress. We might become upset. We may become overwhelmed. And yet God has placed us where he places us. I'm reading from Acts chapter 18, verses 1 through 11. I'm reading from what is called the Good News Bible. It uh, has some phrases that clarify some things that I wanted to really pick up as, as we go through this. After this, well, we always have to ask, after what? And Paul had just had a ministry in Athens and uh, had proclaimed Christ in no uncertain terms. People had come to faith in Christ, and yet there were those who rejected the message of Christ. So after this, Paul left Athens and went on to Corinth. There he met a Jew named Aquila, born in Pontus, who had recently come from Italy with his wife Priscilla. For Emperor Claudius had ordered all the Jews to leave Rome. Paul went to see them and stayed and worked with them because he earned his living by making tents, just as they did. He held discussions in the synagogue every Sabbath, trying to convince both Jews and Greeks. When Silas and Timothy came, they arrived from Macedonia. Paul gave his whole time to preaching the message, testifying to the Jews that Jesus is the Messiah. When they opposed him and said evil things about him, he protested by shaking the dust from his clothes and saying to them, If you are lost, you yourselves must take the blame for it. I'm not responsible. From now on, I will go to the Gentiles. So he left them and went to live in the house of a Gentile named Titius Justus, who worshipped God. His house was next to the synagogue. Crispus who was the leader of the synagogue, believed in the Lord together with his whole family. And many other people in Corinth heard the message, believed, and were baptized. One night, Paul had a vision in which the Lord said to him, Do not be afraid, but keep on speaking, and do not give up, for I am with you. No one will be able to harm you, for many in this city are my people. So Paul stayed there for a year and a half, teaching people the word of God. Those were challenging times. These are challenging times. Perhaps for you as an individual, there might be some unique things that you hadn't planned on. It might involve finances, it might involve health, broken relationships. It could be that uh, you have a new job. 
It might be that uh, you're working extra hours. There could be relational difficulties in your home or perhaps with siblings. They're challenging times. That's what we always say. These are challenging times. Now, I want to, I don't want to lessen the difficulties that uh, anyone is facing. Because I think these words could be said at any time by anyone, and they've been said throughout the ages. That's where God meets us in our challenging times. And we ought to just wake up to the fact that no day is going to be perfect. Difficulties are going to come. Challenges are going to come. And as we read in Scripture, we had this ebb and flow of difficulty in preaching. And then people responded. And then he goes and he, he has to take a whole new tact in, in declaring the, the message of God. And back and forth it goes. There are Christians throughout the world who are facing far more challenging times than I am, and perhaps even than you are. There are perhaps some who are facing martyrdom because they believe in Christ. Perhaps they're in a desert situation in the Saharas, a Christian mother watching one more child starve to death. Now, I'm not here to have us compare what challenges one has or another has at this particular time. But I am here to remind you and myself that God wants to share with us once again. Don't be afraid. I am with you. As a local church, we can say, well, we're having some challenging times. You see... We're in that interim period. That's what we call it, the interim. A little church lingo here. But uh, Pastor Tony Miller has accepted a call from God and from a congregation uh, in, in Arkansas and has gone there to be their pastor. And uh, so we find ourselves in a situation where we too will begin the process of uh, calling a pastor to be here with us. And so we find these challenging times. Now, we, during this time, have someone that we call an interim pastor. He's going to be with us this coming Sunday, and we'll be preaching in our outdoor service. But I am the interim, interim pastor. Just this service right here. And yet, as... Reverend Russ Martin comes, and he'll be preaching today in the service that we have on our, on our campus. By the way, he's out of town because, uh, well, he hikes a lot. He loves hiking. And I remember talking to him several times about he was ready to t- take another hike. People often say to me, take a hike, but he really does go on a hike. And uh, so he's really unreachable at this time, and so we couldn't have him come and preach Uh, for our our service that is online. But I have that privilege. And I was drawn to this passage of Scripture because I think it meets us right where we are. Let's take a look at some of the things that we can dig out of Scripture here and uh, just face up to the fact that we are in challenging times. 
The first thing I want to say to us, and the Word of God says to us, challenging times call us to be missional. Now that's kind of a, that's a word that is coming to, to use. Kind of a fancy word, if you call me. I never used that and, and uh, through my ministry and in recent years, it became the, the word that we use to describe what we're all about. Missional. It actually means we are a body of believers together and then individually. Christ followers, you are, I am. No less the church. Church is anyone who is called out by God to serve him. And we have a message. The Great Commission of Christ, found in Matthew 28, 19, and 20, describes what missional means. Jesus said, go then to all people everywhere and make them my disciples. Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And teach them to obey everything I have commanded you. And I will be with you always. Wow, right there in the Great Commission. To the end of the age. Paul was explaining to the Corinthian people, and that's where he finds himself, but in in the letter to the Corinthians, he, he says this. When I came to you, my friends, to preach God's secret truth, I did not use big words or great learning. For while I was with you, I made up my mind to forget everything except Jesus Christ, and especially his death. On the cross. Missional. You and I have an assignment from God. It's interesting that the preaching, the proclamation that oftentimes we think is for the preacher, involves every one of you, every one of us. In Acts chapter 8, it says that the church was scattered because, well, because of Saul, and now he becomes Paul. He was heaping persecution upon the church. And and they scattered and went everywhere preaching, proclaiming the word of God, everybody except for the apostles. And they stayed in Jerusalem. So you and I have an assignment from God to just share what Jesus means to us. However we do that, in whatever shape or form your testimony might take at a given time. And so just be aware That you too have the privilege, just like the Apostle Paul did, to declare the reality of Christ, the power of his resurrection, and what he can do for people as their Lord and Savior. These are challenging times. The second point I make to you, these are challenging times for us to be relational. You see, God has people for us to know that he has led into our lives for such a time as this. God knows where we are. God knows what we're going through. And he has the very people that he will use to help us in this assignment that we have from God. I mentioned to you, yes, Russ Martin will come to be our interim pastor. But beyond that, there's you and me doing what the church does. Today we had a staff meeting where uh, the pastor and the uh, staff of the church were gathered together and we were talking about what we were going to be doing in relationship to ministry to age groups and and uh, how we were sharing the word of God and 
ministries to children that we have. And, and you need to look those up, by the way, at our website, missionnaz.org, because there are so many things that are happening, even though we can't meet together in a large room. We are still the church, being the church in these times. Now, I just want to go through the names. We're going to talk about being relational. That means people, names. There was a Jew named Aquila and his wife, Priscilla. And uh, they were tent makers. That was their profession. And it seems also that the Apostle Paul had been trained. And this was true of every family, even though you would become a teacher, a rabbi, or attorney, or whatever role you would have in your early years, you would take on a profession. You would learn how to do something with your hands. And so he was a tent maker. God had arranged it for them to be there in Corinth when he was kind of discouraged and defeated, wondering, is anyone going to listen to my message? And and God had some special people to help him. And he'll do that for you and for me as well. God brings into our lives those who are an encouragement, those who believe in us, those who will hold us accountable. And so here he was. He uh, finds himself in this new location. He had been in Athens, uh, and, and, and now he's in Corinth. And God brings the people into his life that he needs. We read that Silas and Timothy arrived from Macedonia. And it was then that the Apostle Paul begins to give his whole, whole life into preaching. It seemed that he had been persuading Jews and, and Greeks in the synagogue. And now this verse says that he began to preach Christ full time. So somehow... All of these people, all these relationships were making it possible for the word to be proclaimed. And oftentimes that's where you and I are. We might not be, be doing the actual preaching or proclamation, but, but we can help make it happen by the support we give and, and, and by, by the praying that, that we offer in behalf of those who, who preach and proclaim the word of God. Then it says things got a little ugly as he was uh, proclaiming the message of Christ in the synagogue. And he moves into a house of a fellow by the name of Titius Justice. One of those uh, individuals, name just appears one time, I think, and uh, we never hear of him again. And uh, the responsibility that he had seemed to be an encouragement to the Apostle Paul. The third thing I want to say to you that this uh, passage declares to us that is that challenging times call us to be flexible. You see, God has he's given us, he's gifted us with creativity and how we respond to the challenges before us. Here in this situation, we learn about tent making ministry. That concept has been used throughout uh, the world. I, I had a cousin one time, I have to say it was in an unnamed country where he, he was uh, into computers as far as the government of that country was concerned, but he was really there as, as a tent making missionary 
Only we had to be very careful as we communicated with him because it was illegal to be, well, in ministry, proclaiming Christ in that country. And that is true in many, many settings throughout the world. And so we have people who, well, even on staff in churches, oftentimes we will help people. They, they have a job somewhere other than receiving pay from the local church so that they can minister in the local church. Flexibility. More and more pastors are having to be flexible in this way because of, well, just the situation we find ourselves with the health crisis that we're in here in America and throughout the world. And, and I think it is so neat when someone finds a new way of supporting themselves so that they can proclaim the message of Jesus Christ to people. He was also very flexible in his, well, his strategy, his tactics. As I said, he was first in the, in the synagogue. Simply says he was persuading people. Then it says that after Silas and Timothy arrived, he was preaching. So there must have been a distinction in, in, in those two. And then it was dangerous to proclaim Christ. He moved next door. And, and stayed with uh, uh, Justice uh, Titius. And, uh, and that just shows how you and I must, must realize change is going to happen. Oftentimes, we'll hear comments like, well, when things get back to normal, that has never happened. They don't get back to normal. Things change. We even change the date. The calendar. Alina and I, we watch programs where people fix up old houses. I get a little perturbed, I have to admit. And usually it's, it's the lady who's involved, but oftentimes it'll be the guy where some, something will happen as to why they can't follow the plans that they came up with. And they'll usually say, after the zoning law says, you can't do what you're going to do. And they say, but we've got to do it. It's in my plans. Well, it doesn't make any difference. You're not going to do it. Because legally, zoning says you can't do it. But that response, and oftentimes I, I think we say that to the Lord. Well, my day can't go this way because I've got plans for my day. And yet God is in control. And he knows exactly where he wants us. And we need to be asking ourselves, why here? What what do you want of me, God? What can I say? What can I do? Have you ever heard anyone say that in the church? Oh, no, we can't do a certain thing because we have plans. Well, I'm a living example of that. I didn't plan to preach tonight, but here I am preaching. Phone call came and said, can you preach? And I decided, well, I've got a message. I've preached before. I can proclaim Jesus Christ and his resurrection. So I said, sure. What is God saying to you at a moment's notice where he wants you to serve? Just be responsible to the call of God in any given day. Well, something much akin to being flexible, challenging times call for us to be resilient. You see, we have the God-given capacity to bounce back after perceived failures and difficulties as we serve him. 
situation that Paul found himself in was a challenging one. He felt defeated. Scripture says that in this situation, as he was in the synagogue preaching, the people became abusive. Hmm. He got beat up upon. And, 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 and so he had to determine in his heart and mind, I'm going to keep going. A while back, a number of years ago, I was chaplain at uh, Polinsky Children's Center here in San Diego. And uh, we would have chapel service on Sunday mornings, and the kids would come. And I, I wanted to convey to these children and, and young, young teens that they needed to be resilient no matter what had happened to them. And some of the things that happened to them were unspeakable, heartbreaking. And yet, they had to make a choice. And I wanted to say to them, you can bounce back. Usually I would have one of the teen boys come up and uh, I'd give them a basketball and I would keep a basketball. And I said, we're going to have a dribbling contest. And uh, I would say, show me your dribbles. And uh, the guy would dribble the ball, you know, and usually quite athletic. And then I'd say to the kids, okay, I want you to, to say which one of us is going to win. And I would take my basketball that looked full. But really, it was flat as could be. And instead of bounce, it went plop. And all the kids would laugh and think it was funny. But I said to them, that's the story of your life or mine, either one of those balls. <laughs> either you're going to bounce back and, and, and be able to live life in a way that, that doesn't have uh, all the drama and damage that, that you could have if you choose to be like the other ball, where you just plop and you stay there and 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 you're making excuses i can't do this i can't do that you buy into victimhood sometimes the things that happen to people are so heartbreaking yes they do take place uh stories that uh, have come from people that we have served who their spouse left them and such a difficult situation that they faced in raising children and and yet, and yet, some have rose. They, they rose to the situation, to to the calling that they had, and and they bounced back to make sure that the children they raised would be raised in such a way that they would serve the Lord, and and they t- took on the d- d- demeanor of of someone who was winning because God was with them and helping them. Finally, I want to say. To you and to myself, this is a message to me too, that challenging times call us to rely on God's promised presence. It's interesting to me, in in verses 9 through 11, it says, One night Paul had a vision in which the Lord said to him, Do not be afraid, but keep on speaking and do not give up, for I am with you. No one will be able to harm you. For many in the city are my people. Now that's one thing to have the promise. 
That's one thing for God to say, I'm here. But it's quite another thing for you and I and for Paul to buy in to that and say, yes. And that's what Paul, that's what Paul does. And simply says this, so Paul stayed there for a year and a half teaching people the word of God. I don't know what's happening in your life. There are situations that we all have faced that turned our, our world upside down. But God has a message to us. Don't give up. Don't be afraid. I am with you. And I would challenge you to join me and to join our church and our church situation, but you as a Christ follower. For you to say, God, thank you for that promise. I hear it. And I'm going to act upon it. Whatever you have for me, I'm going to believe that you are indeed with me. I'm going to to, to take your promise and apply it to my situation. Let's pray at this time and just let God know that we intend to do that. Our Heavenly Father, I thank you for each one who has heard this message. Perhaps there are some who were ready to give up. They feel so defeated. Would you comfort them with your promised presence? Help them to hear one more time. Perhaps it came through the songs of this service. Perhaps it came through this message. Perhaps it will come from a phone call from someone calling to see how they're doing. But they'll not just hear a human voice. They'll hear the very voice of God saying to them, I'm with you. Don't be afraid. You can make it. You can be an overcomer. So, Lord, we hear your promise. And we intend to act upon it. And to be and do what you have in mind for us to be and do. We pray this in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. God bless you as you follow Jesus, the resurrected Lord.